Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. All right. How are you guys doing? <clears throat> okay, so you don't have to answer this time, but I'm going to ask you again, how are you doing? But I don't want just the good. I, I mean, I want you to really dig into how is the interior of your life doing? Now, I know you've learned about transubstantiation, you know, Christology, philosophy, exegesis, hermeneutics, and I know you're learning all that stuff, but the God that you're learning about, are you letting him into the interior of who you are? Because it's a lot easier to study for a test and fill out some answers and get a paper back and say, I'm a disciple. I'm not quite sure that's Jesus' idea. Don't get me wrong. A brother graduated magna cum laude. I don't really know what that means. I think it's like almost all A's for my master's. <laughs> but if you would ask my wife at times, I don't act like I actually know the material. In the words of the philosopher Morpheus talking to his disciple Neo, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. So my question is, how are you doing with the sexual molestation that happened to you that no one else knows about? How are you doing with the abuse that you experienced way back then that no one else knows about except for the abuser and you because you cannot bury your past, but your past can bury you. I'm going to say that again. That was pretty good preaching right there. <laughs> uh, you cannot bury your past, but your past can, can bury you. Um, over the last year and a half, I've watched three good friends lose their pastorates because of affairs. I mean, they write books. And I've had to weep with them on the phone. I had to weep for their children. But above all else, weep for the sake and glory of Christ. One of them in particular, I was, I was preaching on the pitfalls and dangers of allowing the ministry of God to destroy the ministry of God in your life. I was watching him as I was preaching, and six months later, he calls me in tears, Derwin, I've lost my church because I had an affair. So my question is, how are you doing? How am I doing? Let me open up the text to us to Matthew chapter 3. And I'm going to start in verse 13 and go to about verse 17. 
Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to baptize him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him. By the way, in the Bible, God has some big butts and he cannot lie. I'm glad some of y'all got that. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Did you know that the Father says that to you as well? That the Father says that to you and me, that this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. So let's do some, some uh, biblical history, some redemptive history. What's happening here? Jesus, big word here, I know you guys know it. Jesus recapitulates. By the way, that's just cool when you say that. I mean, the professors right now are like, there's loving it. Now, your congregation won't care at all. But for us, like, we can say that here. Like, Jesus is recapitulating the story of Israel. Jesus is recapitulating the story of Adam. Israel came out of Egypt. Jesus came out of Egypt. Israel crossed the Jordan and was baptized, went into the wilderness. Jesus is, or the, the Red Sea. Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Holy Spirit sends him into the wilderness. Jesus recapitulates the story of Adam, the story of Israel. And you know what else he does? He rewrites your story. One of your profs here, uh, Dr. Keithley, wrote one of the best articles on salvation. And uh, he mentions that in Christ, Christ in us, us in him, union life with Christ, which is the sum total of theology, it's repeated between John and Paul and other New Testament writers 216 times. One of Paul's greatest phrases is that we are in Christ. We are in Christ. Because we are in Christ and Christ is in us, the Father looks at you and says, this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I am well pleased based on the behavior of the one who rewrites your history and rewrites my history. Let me do a timeout. If you think your inadequacies are going to be fulfilled by getting married and that person's going to complete you, you will end up in a divorce because your idolatry will destroy them. Only Jesus can complete you. Hey guys, we planted five years ago. We got four campuses, two in a prison. This past week, 3,000 people. If you think in five years going from 170 to 3,000 is gonna satisfy you, it's not. I've written four books in five years, that ain't gonna satisfy you. That's not going to rewrite our inadequacies. That's not going to rewrite our hurts. That's not going to rewrite our pains. The only one who can rewrite and recapitulate our broken, sad stories is the great Savior we just sang about.
So how you doing? Have you let Jesus deal with a mom and dad who out of their own selfishness and other brokenness that you may not know about when they divorced and you've been left with a wound that says, I wasn't good enough staying for, do you revel in the fact that Jesus says, I'm good enough to come and save you? Do we revel in the fact that we just sang about being clothed in his righteousness? Do you rejoice in being the very righteousness of Jesus, that, that Jesus and all of his glorious righteousness is, is given to you, infused into you, imparted to you, imputed to you, that when the Father sees you and me, he goes, that is my righteous daughter. That is my righteous son. And does it make you weep and fall to your knees in adoration, in love? By the way, that's the kind of people need to be preaching. That's the kind of people that need to be preaching. You want to lead a church? The people who are broken and hurting need to hear a story about what God has done in you. Not experts who sit up, can I come down here? Not experts who sit above the text but people who've been transformed by the God of glory of the text. We need people that love Jesus because he's rewritten their stories. And I know a bunch of big words, and I can wow people, but I'm talking to people in the everyday life who need to know that on the cross, Jesus says, I know, I know what it feels like to be abandoned because all my homies left me. That's Hebrew for his disciples. He knows. He knows what abuse feels like. But friends, you can't teach anybody that if you don't let God deal with your stuff. You can't give away what you don't possess. What's so beautiful and glorious about Jesus rewriting our story is he goes, you don't have to hide and cover yourself with fig leaves. For some of you, this degree is a big fig leaf. It's a big old fig leaf. So I just got an honorary doctorate. I'm working on the, the earned one. So I just got an honorary doctorate, right? So, so when I was eight years old, my mom was dating this uh, Nigerian oil guy, and I had never seen a computer in my life. This is eight years old. This is 1979. Never seen a computer. He's an oil executive. I'm from the hood. I didn't know what a computer was. And the way I learned is by doing things, and he was telling me. I learned by doing, he was telling me, and he looked at my mom and he goes, he's dumb. A part of getting my master's was to prove to somebody that I wasn't dumb. He had no weight in my life, but the weight of his words still affected my life. Jesus rewrites our stories. You see, what happened to you doesn't define you but what happened to Jesus defines you. And we've got to rest in him rewriting our story, and he writes a new chapter, he writes a new book, and the ink is his precious blood. How you doing? Your A's won't heal you. Only a living Savior will heal you. How you doing? He, he rewrites 
our past. He engages and rewrites our present. I, I, don't, I don't know what hopes and, and dreams you have, but they're probably not all going to come true. So, so how do we deal with the present reality? For some of you, you've tried to plant a church. It absolutely blew up. That doesn't mean you failed, actually. You do know that, right? Jesus' church is still going. Like everyone here recognize, like I'll use myself as an example, uh, God in his eternal epicness was not like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait until April 9th, 1971 comes because that's when Derwin Gray is going to be born and he is going to be awesome. <laughs> like, we all, we all understand that, right? I hope you do. I hope you do. But how do we engage with, with disappointments and, and hurts and brokenness? Do you use religious language? Like some of you right now have all types of addictions, all types of pains, all types of brokenness. And when someone who loves you says, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah, I've been studying ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny. <laughs> like, are you Pentecostal? thought this was a Baptist. I didn't know the Baptist did that now. So for me personally, like, like in real time, um, from a external ministry perspective and staff, like our church has never been more effective, never been better. Our incorporation process, we're having more people at any time in our history join Transformation Church, our impact in the public schools, our impact through our churches that are in prisons, it just incredible things happening, incredible things happening, yet that doesn't heal the interior of your life. Or it doesn't heal the disappointments of your life. So I've been going through a season of the faith I had to get me to this place. God is saying, there's a new type of faith I want to develop in you, not to get you somewhere, but to make you into someone. Man, it's hard. It's really hard. Like the old things you used to do don't fit the new place where you are. It's like being on your phone and using Apple Maps. It's just bad. It's like this loss. Use Google Maps. It'll get you where you need to go. <laughs> Somebody's like, preach, brother, preach. <laughs> but, but what do you do when you bump up against that disappointment and the faith that you had yesterday is not the same faith for today? You trust that his presence and his promises are true. Now, this may not be useful for you right now, but it will be. Man, it has never been more difficult, but it's been a beautiful, beautiful breaking. A beautiful, beautiful breaking. Jesus not only recapitulates and deals with our past, he engages us in the present. And do something too, guys, okay? This is super important. 
So Transformation Church is like that story you read about, like 170 people and 3,000 and baptized hundreds and, and all of this stuff. That's probably not going to happen for many of us, okay? People go, how did it happen? I go, I don't know. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm barely saved. I don't know what happened. You know? What I'm saying is this. Jesus in our presence, in our present, engages you right here, right now. And he says, I want to walk with you. I want to live in and through you. And when you stumble and when you fail, remember my righteousness, my life, who I am. Remember that you are seated in the heavenlies right now with me, that you are united forever with me. Don't ever think about life outside of me. Adore me, treasure me, value me right here in this present, in the moment. And don't look at what people describe as external success. Just because something's big doesn't mean it's healthy, does it? As American Christians, we value things because they're big. I imagine a lot of people go to the candy store, get the diabetes, teeth be all rotted out. Like if it was left up to my son, he would eat candy all day long. How healthy would he be? So think about the overflow of health coming out of your life and then you, by the Holy Spirit's power, infusing that into the lives that you lead. Not only does he recapitulate our past, not only does he engage our present, but because we're united in Christ, Jesus' future is our future. Wow. I'm happy about that. Because Jesus ate fish when he rose from the dead. And I like salmon. (laughs) I mean, picture that scene. For some of you, you have gone through absolute hell, and you are on your way to experience absolute hell. You know, for some of you, you got those cute little kids, and you read all those Christian books, and things are going to go great until they get about 14 and go, I ain't got to listen to you. And you're going to fall on your knees. I I know what you're saying. That ain't going to be me. I'm going to disciple my kids. We're going to have devotionals every day. That's what I thought as a brand new Christian. Man, I read all the Christian books, and I just thought my kids would come downstairs and be like, Father, how may I serve thee today? May I do the dishes? Father, I just read the book of Lamentations in Syriac. I have parsed and exegeted the entire book. Let's discuss it. Bruh. I, I, don't, I don't know what your gruelingness is going to be. May 17, 2004, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. Man, where was that in the playbook? 
And then as you get older and you raise your kids and you see how you were not raised and the shrapnel and the vestiges of that still creep up in the flesh that have to be subdued by the Spirit. Man, our future is his future. Glorified, resurrected bodies. That eschatological future is a magnet that pulls us through the difficult times. And we keep our eyes on him. What I'm trying to say in this talk is this. Be spiritually and emotionally healthy. Just because you can preach good doesn't mean you're good with people. Some of the worst people I've ever seen are people who can get on a stage and preach. I've got some friends where I go, you should not be preaching. You don't like people. Like, just because you're good at it and you can write a couple of books, that's not the qualifications for being an elder pastor. If you look at the text, to be an elder pastor, one of them is a gift teaching. The rest deal with character. We need healthy people. Uh, where my man at? Before you go plant all these churches, let God deal with you. You can't give away what you don't possess. We are united to the one who is everlasting life, who is perfect, who is beautiful, who is glorious, who is all that we will ever need. He is our good enough. He is our adequacy. He is sufficient. We need people who are about him, not just learning about him, not just exegeting the text, but letting his spirit exegete your heart. We need those kinds of people. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done in here in a minute. Um, so uh, my daughter's 19, and my son is 15. So my daughter's second year of college, my son's a freshman. And, um, and we all go through this. When your kids get older, they distance themselves, and they got to grow. We, we have a wonderful relationship. But you know what I miss? I miss holding them and rocking them to sleep and singing over them. Now, I can't sing. I'm the only black preacher who can't sing <laughs> in the world. Even half-breed black preachers can sing better than me. I, I, it's, it's not my gift, not my gift. But when my kids were little, I would hold them and they couldn't escape, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and so I would sing over them. You know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And before you know it, like just a flood of tears were just drenching those poor kids. And like the love that I had for them, I didn't look at him and go, you know, Presley, one day you're going to be able to do this for me. That's why I love you. Hey, Jeremiah, you know, one day, son, Man, you're going you're gonna to be twice the football player I was. That's, that's why I love you. No, I looked at those kids, and I look at them even more now, and I love them even more. I love them in their epic failures. I love them in the midst of their struggles. I love them in the midst of them doing something awesome. I love them because me is in them and I sing and I rejoice 
over them. Zephaniah 3.17, I know it's an Old Testament text applied to Israel. Okay, I know that. It says that Zephaniah, in Zephaniah, God sings and dances over Israel. And because we're in Christ, because the heavens were torn and the Father's voice says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And because you and I are seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus, because you and I are in Christ and Christ is in us, God the Father sings and dances over his son Jesus. Therefore, he sings and dances over you and I based on the behavior of Jesus, which, by the way, that's what changes your behavior. It's love that changes your behavior. It's reveling in his grace that changes your behavior. You want to get off of pornography? It's not putting up a computer screen going, oh, if I do this, my friends are going to get it. I bet not tweet out this porn because if I do, they will know. Really? That's idolatry. What it gets you over pornography is realizing that even before you did it, he loved you. He died for you. He sent his spirit to indwell you. You set your mind on him. You set your heart in him. You commune with the Father and watch what happens. That's how you changed. God the Father sings and dances over you. Even when you get that B on that Old Testament survey. By the way, I promise you, no one from your congregation is going to go, now what did you get a New Testament one? No, no one asked me about my magna, uh, magna cum laude. Like we're the only ones impressed with that. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. In a minute, I'm going to put doctor ahead of my name because that honorary doctorate show going to be up there. <laughs> Y'all going to be impressed. Congregation going to be like, and <laughs> God the Father sings and dances over you because of Christ is in you. Go into this world healthy, exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because we're in Christ. He recapitulates our past. He engages our present, and his future is ours. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Papa, thank you for being beautiful. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the epitome of love. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the presence of the one who is beautiful and the one who is love. Thus, you are beautiful and lovely. I pray that we would commune deeply with our Father, abide deeply in the Son, and walk slowly with you, Holy Spirit. I pray that as we go about our theological learning, that most importantly, we would go about abiding in you and being healthy and allowing you to deal with our past, to nail it to the cross, to engage our presence, and to give us hope for the future. Lord, I pray from amongst these that you would raise up future leaders, men and women who go into the world displaying the grace and the glorious character of Christ Jesus. And God's people said, amen. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. 
We covet your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.